It's Tuesday and Glenn Beck is wrong. Glenn Beck is wrong. And this may be the last episode of the Chad Prather Show. Ah, here's what I want to talk to you about on Tuesday, which of course we know Tuesday is Monday's hangover. Let's get into it. Now Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is discussing shutting down the Russian pipeline as sanctions. Listen to me as punishment to hurt the Russian economy. What does that mean? It means Biden believes that shutting down a pipeline equals intentionally damaging an economy. Well, that's interesting. I mean, he shut down our pipeline. So was that sanctions against America? Uh, Don't you ever just want to just throw your hands up in the air and scream WTF at the sky? I don't know if you guys are feeling the pain at the pump like I am right now, but I got a feeling you are. The Biden solution is to send people right now to negotiate with Iran and Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. Iran, Venezuela, and Saudi Arabia. Let that just, just ruminate in your mind. Seriously. Joe Biden basically imposed sanctions on the United States by shutting down the North American pipeline, the Keystone pipeline. Literally everything that Joe Biden has done has been detrimental to this country. Everything he's done. It's as if he's purposefully trying to bring about the fall of America. He's not only spineless, he's also brainless. This is what you get, folks, when wokeism takes over. And Joe's clueless. He doesn't have a clue. Joe Biden's a train wreck, and we're the train. Even if he were to open up American oil right now, if he was to choose Midland, Texas, over Moscow, Russia, here's the problem, and here's where Glenn's wrong. Because Glenn keeps saying, just open it up, open it up. We would not be ready to produce and distribute oil for at least nine months because of supply chain issues that were created by the Biden administration. We, the USA, we were producing a lot of oil in early 2020. We had cheap money and we had a government that was wanting energy independence. Then this crazy pandemic was pushed on us globally. So what do we do? We stop drilling because oil price dropped due to demand destruction. So let me just educate you for a minute because I really don't know a lot about this, but I know enough to be dangerous. Oil wells, they decline over time. And when we stop drilling, our volume drops off very quickly. Now, when we start back up with the drilling, when the prices are right, it takes time to replace the volumes that were lost due to the natural decline of the wells. And shale wells... They decline real quickly after an initial early peak. You have to have a minimum amount of drilling activity to replace the natural decline of the wells and even more activity to grow production. So now you add in this ESG score crap and the woke banks and the supply chain issues. You can't get goods, you can't get materials, can't get supplies. And the labor shortage because nobody wants to go to work thanks to the stimulus checks and all these other things. They're leading to more and more fiscal caution by the oil industry. So there's no more cheap money out there to throw at the oil industry by design of the globalists. That's right. Our oil production has been shut down by design from the globalists, from the World Economic Forum, from the woke people, from the green client cultists, from all of these people out there that want to shut America down. That's the problem. People, listen, if you're in the oil industry, you've been through crashes, uh, you've lost investor money, oil and gas industry is right now it's running off of cash flow and it's paying back debt from just surviving 2020. Most are drilling right now, but just enough to maintain output with a slow, steady growth. Now, the Keystone 
That pipeline would bring oil from Canada and North Dakota to the Gulf Coast to be refined. It's already coming here by rail at a cost, but it would not give as much volume, okay? It would lower cost differential for Canada and North Dakota producers who sell their oil at a discount due to the rail cost and would bring about 830,000 barrels a day to the Gulf Coast. Now, speculation says it would only lower gas prices by just a few cents. So it really wouldn't remedy your pain at the pump. So... That's about the extent of my knowledge on the pipeline. But here's the thing. Oil companies, they want to react. They want to react to these gas prices, but they can't. The banks aren't going to lend. People don't want to go to work. The supply chain is broken. Drilling enough wells to fill the gap created by COVID takes money and time. And so a friend of mine who's an old timer in the oil patch, he once said, he once said, the cure for low oil prices is low oil prices. And the cure for high oil prices is high oil prices. Now you do the math of that in your head. The problem is that when you stop the free market from operating by injecting a globalist agenda, you end up where we are today. So you don't just, uh, you know, again, I go back to Glenn, God bless him. You don't just open the valve to increase oil production. It's capital and time intensive to extract hydrocarbons from the earth. You have to get permits approved. And the federal government ain't they're not approving permits. You have to construct locations. You got to replace the wells. You got to drill the well. You got to frack the well. You got to build production infrastructure. Labor and steel shortages. We're dealing with that. So you're basically looking at about a six to nine month process at best. We've gotten ourselves into the perfect storm. And let me tell you, when it comes to energy independence, once again, we are screwed. Screwed. And that's what's happened with this Biden administration, folks. You don't just go turn the pump back on. Maybe we'll get Glenn to come in here and tell us how wrong he's been. (laughs) I love Glenn. I do. I listen to Glenn every morning. I appreciate him. Uh, And I don't think Glenn would disagree with what I'm saying there. And he knows that. He he does know that. Of course, we're being tongue-in-cheek and awfully facetious. uh, But... Most people won't watch this entire episode to know that. They'll just watch the social media clip that Chris put out there and piss everybody off. <laughs> but that's the nature of what we do. We say just enough to piss you off in sound bites so that people will be like, yeah, screw that guy. He doesn't like Glenn Beck. And then they, anyway, uh, I tell you, um, but the Biden administration has got us in a mess, man. They have got us, no pun intended, over the barrel. Um and now they're going to Saudi Arabia for oil. They're wanting to go to negotiate with Venezuela. Really? Really? That's where we want to go? We want to negotiate with full-blown socialists in Venezuela? To Iran? Is that really what we're wanting to do? Somebody said to me, they said, um, they said to me the other day, you can't even do this show without referring to notes. <laughs> I think that was supposed to be an insult. Chris just handed me uh, some notes here. Uh, Average U.S. gas price tops $4 a gallon for the first time since 2008, and it could go even higher. Now, I could hear you social media trolls out there blaming the orange man, blaming T-Rump, blaming Big Donnie, because I know you've already done it with me, uh, and you're saying, well, it was already headed in that direction. I don't don't disagree with that. Again, I'm not... I'm not, you know, yanking on Donnie's Lori Lightfoot. I'm just saying. <laughs> Did you just catch that? <laughs> I'm just saying. Nobody's kissing Don Trump's ass here. I've never, I've never given Donald Trump a free pass. I never have. But you got to admit, the numbers overall were better. 
when Trump was in office. And I don't care what numbers you're looking at. By and large, the numbers were better. Now, spending was bad. Spending was out of control. Uh, spending like there was no tomorrow. And that's just continued because that's just the nature of the swamp. That's what we've got now. Uh, but again, the pandemic and the shutdowns and the, and the closures and the stimulus checks, two of them were issued underneath Donald Trump. So you got to put some blame there. He started the ball rolling, started the ball rolling. Uh, but I do believe that a guy like Trump could get us out of the mess. And it wouldn't be by negotiating with Venezuela or Saudi Arabia or Iran. I think that he would be working towards energy independence once again and getting us through that six to nine month hump that it would take to make sure that those wells and those drills and those fracking processes and all that's taking place. We're getting those those um, those carbons out of the ground. But right now, four dollars a gallon, that's the average could go higher, will go higher. I predicted months ago. I said we're probably going to see two hundred dollar a barrel. Um, you remember, remember when Trump was in office and it was, it, we had the other problem when it went to like negative $50 a barrel and it was like, like whatever it was, I forget what the final number was, but it was bad. Negative 40 bucks a barrel. I mean, that was, it was like, they were paying people to take the barrels. They, they had all of this surplus. They had to pay in order for people to come pick the barrels up. Um, so, um, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. Yesterday, I told you guys, I filled up. Well, I tried to fill up my truck. I got limited at the pump. This is America, folks. Uh, this is Texas. I got limited at the pump in how much fuel I could purchase. Uh, I could only put three quarters of a tank in. It was $5 a gallon for my diesel truck, and it stopped me at 95 bucks. I, I, like, I need relationships that are close to me. I, I can't be traveling. I can't be, I, I'm glad this campaign thing's over with. I'm going to need, you know what I, listen, if you live in my apartment complex, we can be friends. We can be friends. You can't even DoorDash, man. DoorDash is a fortune. And I do love me some DoorDash because I promise you, my lazy ass has gone to a whole new factory setting of apathy and, and just default setting of laziness. I don't want to leave the house. Um, and uh, so if you're my, you're my friend, you come to me. Maybe you're in walking distance. And by the way, those of you who think, oh, well, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to buy a horse. <laughs> a, you've never owned a horse. And, and B, and B <laughs> they're more expensive than the car. <laughs> I promise you, the horse ain't the answer. Never have a hobby that eats, that's for sure. Uh, did we ever get the bucking bull? Did we do it? I, can we just take a quick break? Let me show you another way that I contribute with methane and flatulence towards the uh, destruction of the ozone layer. Uh, as many of you know, I have bucking bulls. Um, we, and you're like, what in the world's that? Well, you've seen the rodeo cowboy get on the back of a bull and try to break his neck. And sometimes they do. Well, I, I'm one of those guys that owns the bulls. And so we have a couple of beautiful three-year-olds. One of them, uh, they're going to take a rider. Uh, two of them are going to take a rider for the first time in competition, Derby Bulls, uh, on March 25th in Abilene. And I want to show you a clip that I got yesterday. We paid this kid 100 bucks to get on the back of our bull named Political Cowboy, aptly named. Uh, and uh, I want you to see, we paid this kid 100 bucks, and this is what political cowboy put him through play the clip here we go here we go turn him loose baby open that gate watch this oh my lord look at that great ass bull my god that lasted 1.6 seconds 
Let me tell you, I don't know if that bull's going to be rideable. I like that. We're going to see. That is a rank ass bull. That's a beast right there. But you know, they farting cows. AOC doesn't like the farting cows. So we're just getting more cows. Uh, Price of oil per barrel doubles doubles from what it cost a few months ago. Uh, So cost of uh, crude, the international uh, Brent crude, the international benchmark rose about 10%, reaching $130 a barrel on Sunday. In early December, it cost about $65 a barrel. Uh, National average price jumped over $4, as we said, over this past weekend. That's the highest since 2008. Uh, it's up eight cents from Saturday and up forty cents from last week. U.S. hit the four dollar national average a day earlier than the analyst expected. Oh my gosh! Elon Musk even came out and said last week that he supported increasing domestic oil and gas drilling to offset energy problems that the U.S. is facing due to policies from the Biden administration, the war in Europe. Now this is a dude that makes a living <laughs> with electric cars. He said, "Hate to say it." But we need to increase oil and gas output immediately. (laughs) Extraordinary times demand extraordinary measures. That's what he tweeted. Obviously, this would negatively affect Tesla, but sustainable energy solutions simply cannot react instantaneously to make up for Russian oil and gas exports. Well, guess what, Elon? You can't you can't just immediately and instantaneously create oil, oil and gas production. You just you can't do it. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Is it easier to pull something down or to pull something up, right? If I'm standing up on a stool, it's far easier for you to pull me down off that stool than it is for me to pull you up on that stool with me. That's just a principle in life, but that's true with production as well. It's always harder to get a business started than it is to tear one down. You you can ruin something quick, real quick. You can tear a house down. You can unpack the moving truck faster than you can pack it up. Right. So that's a principle in life. It applies to this as well. You, you just can't go out there and say, well, you know what? Let's just flip a switch. See, like in the state of Texas, we got 18 decommissioned coal plants. We're not burning coal right now. And, and you know what? When the energy grid goes down, it'd be nice if since we're the number two producer of lignite coal in the nation, it'd be nice if we could burn some of it and utilize it to heat our homes. But that's What didn't happen last February when the grid went down and 200 people died inside their homes. So, again, you don't just recommission things. When you let things tear down like the Biden administration has done, it goes back to what I said. It's a train wreck and we're the train. You don't just put the train back on the track. It's heavy and it's got a lot of momentum going in the wrong direction. What does our current out-of-control inflation looks like? It looks like paying 47% more for fuel than a year ago. Well, actually 65%. It looks like paying 41% more than the same for the same used vehicle if you buy it this year instead of last. It looks like paying almost 10% more to feed your family. It looks like every dollar in your savings is worth less than it was a year ago. Hedge against the U.S. dollar by investing in something with real value. Gold and silver from Birch Gold. Precious metals have historically been a safe haven in times of inflation, and Birch Gold is the leader in converting IRAs and 401ks into a tax-sheltered IRA backed by gold and silver. So with thousands of satisfied customers and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, Birch Gold can help you protect your savings. I want you to text CHAD, CHAD, to 989898. Get a free info kit on gold. There's no obligation to get this information. Text CHAD to 989898 to get your free info kit. Now, what have you got to lose, folks? C-H-A-D, I spell it, CHAD. 
Text it to 989898, and we'll be right back. Uh, well, you remember little Marco, Marco Rubio, Marco Rubio. He had a little interview with Jake Tapper. I always love listening to what Jake Tapper has to say. Uh, but more importantly is uh, what Marco Rubio had to say. Let's play this clip. You've introduced legislation to ban the import of all Russian oil to the U.S. There is growing bipartisan support for that idea on Capitol Hill. Secretary of State Blinken just told me that the Biden administration is seriously discussing it. Americans are already dealing with high gas prices. Should they prepare for that to get even worse uh, in order to stand up to Putin? Well, first of all, let me just say that the fact that people believe that buying, stop, not buying Russian oil, not having Russian oil would raise our gas prices is actually very concerning because that proves that Putin has the leverage and the power over America to raise our gas prices anytime he wants. So we shouldn't allow that to continue. We should not allow Vladimir Putin to have the power at any moment to raise gas prices on Americans by cutting us off at some point now or in the future. So we should cut them off now and replace it with American oil and have a buffer in between the time that that production starts up and the time and that we make the cutoff. And we can use our strategic reserves for that. That's what I hope we will do. I hope that's where the administration's headed. But it makes no sense whatsoever to continue to buy oil from Russia that they use to fund this war and, and, and this, this murderous campaign that they're undertaking. Now, he's right. But based on what I just said, I think he's wrong, right? Because, again, do the math on what the oil reserves are and then how much oil we're consuming a day. And the math doesn't really work out too well. So you can't just flip the switch. We, we've created a dependence at our own demise. And we can't, you can't just flip that switch, Marco. It sounds good, and it sounds real good for politicians to say, Let's just use America. I mean, listen, I want to be able to say Midland over Moscow and shout it from the rooftops. Midland over Moscow. And we have to get back to that point. But you can't just flip the switch. So I saw a graph yesterday, and I'm going to, I'm going to round up and down. But basically, we had back in um, 2020, we had about 900 rigs that were running. Now we're down to like 500. So you don't just recommission those. They decline. You have to replace. You have to fix. You have to, you know, you have to update. You got to get them running again. And then again, there's no steel. You can't get steel. Where, where are you going to get the pipe for the pipeline? You can't get it. And what about workers? Well, hell, we've made them government dependent and given them stimulus checks. We've got a worker shortage. I mean, oh, gosh, we, we have created the perfect storm. And this is more, more than just about prices at the pump, folks. This is way more than that. So, um, And Chad, yeah, I, I want to say something here. You know, you've explained it at a whole block. You went about trying to explain the oil. Can we play Jen Psaki trying to explain <coughs> the oil crisis? <laughs> I was exactly fixing to call for that. Okay. Absolutely. Let's, let's play our favorite uh, circle back girl. Um, the reduction of supply, the reduction of oil uh, would raise prices, right? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. What was it I said in the last segment? Uh, the, the, you you want to fix high high oil prices? You need high oil prices. L <laughs> low oil prices is fixed by low oil prices. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, 
what what she just said. Actually, play it again. Um, the reduction of supply, the reduction of oil uh, would raise prices, right? Um, so- <laughs> you know, that reminds me of. So Russia's a big country and Ukraine is a small country and they're right next to each other. And the big country invaded. They, they really are trying to play everyone as stupid. That's, that's what they really are trying to do. And I don't know, maybe the general public in America these days is. I don't think so. Like, I don't think so. I mean, thanks to Facebook, we're all virologists and political science majors. And we actually know all about geopolitics and war. Um, you know, we're, we're all about Ukrainian-Russian relationships, and we're just experts on all of this stuff. Um, so you would think that we wouldn't be that stupid. But well, again, and Chad, what do I know, Chris? One thing that this administration is showing the world, especially Americans that are truly awake, not woke, is that government really doesn't know how to do anything. Yeah. Because listen here to the labor secretary when they talk about oil. Come on. More domestic drilling. Is that on the table in the White House? Well, it hasn't been to this point, and it's certainly looking at what's happening in the situation in the world right now that will be have to be a conversation. Do you think we should be drilling more of our own oil and gas? Again, what's your I'm opinion? Not, I'm not in a position to, to answer that question at this point, uh, but certainly we have to watch and see what happens with, with Russia. We have to see what, what the world's doing with Russia. As we, and, and what yesterday we heard the Speaker of the House, we heard uh, Senator Manchin, Senator Murkowski uh, telling, asking us to, to shut off uh, buying gas from, from Russia. And if we did something like that, we'd have to figure a way to, to fill that. So, so Chris and Mark, let's say I came to you and I said, do you want to go make more money? Would you like to move out of your parents' house and have your own home? Like, be independent. Ooh. Like, be wealthy. And I said, would you like to go? Don't you think you should be doing that? And you said to me, either you guys said to me, I don't know I'm in a position to answer that right now. <laughs> that's how stupid that is. You have, <laughs> that's how dumb that answer was. Do you want America to drill its own oil and be wealthy and have its own energy independence? Is that something we should be doing? Well, I'm not in a position to answer that right now. Do you think that we should remain dependent on Russian oil? Should we go down and negotiate with Venezuela? Should we go over and uh, uh, negotiate with Saudi Arabia, OPEC, uh, Iran? Should we make sure that our sworn enemies that are screaming death to America in their streets every time they protest, should we make it, make sure that we are dependent upon them? Should we continue sending $350 million what, a week to Russia? <laughs> Should we continue sending that to them and, in essence, fund their invasion of Ukraine? No, it wasn't that. No, it's not $350 million. $350 million, I got that number. That's the number that Biden wants to send as an aid package to Ukraine, but continue to buy all of the oil from Russia. So basically, 350 to Ukraine, continue to spend millions of dollars with Russia. So you're funding both sides of the war. So that doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I don't know. I'm not a bureaucrat. I'm not one of those well-heeled lobbyists. I'm not some, uh, you know, well-spoken, articulate guys on CNN talking to Jake Tapper. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe I am not in a position to be able to speak to that. But it just doesn't ring true in my head. Basically, I'm at a point where if Jen Psaki says it, well, shit, let's go the other direction. Uh, that, that's sort of where, that's sort of how, like, I, like, I just don't think, you know, like, like you keep, 
<laughs> you keep, you know, hanging out with the dude that can't win at blackjack. Maybe stop sitting at the table and copying his game. Uh, maybe move on to somebody else that's a winner. And this administration hasn't won at anything, at anything. Joe Biden, let me tell you, Joe Byron, Joe Byron, he couldn't even pass a bipartisan legislative bill for COVID relief. It was a layup. It was a slam dunk. Donald Trump passed five of them. And, he, and it, it, bipartisan, by the way. Donald Trump passed five of them. Joe Biden can't even do that. Joe Byron. What you want to ask Joe Byron? Why can't you do anything right? Look at that picture you just put up there. He's holding an iPhone. Why does the president, Why the president got an iPhone? He should not have no electronics with him. None. Now, I think Obama had the special one, right? Yes. He, he had the special cell phone that was encrypted just for him. Maybe this is one of them. But that's a Chinese-made iPhone from Apple. And uh, what was it? Uh, Trump called him Tim Apple. Yeah. And so use that iPhone, Joe, and hit Safari. <laughs> Get in the search browser and be like, how to not F up a country. <laughs> like, let's start there. Because I promise you, I guarantee you, if you just get on Reddit, there's probably better ideas than what you're doing, bro. Because this is trouble. This is problematic. And we're all getting screwed. A whole generation's getting screwed. And I'm not, again, I'm not giving Donald Trump a free pass. This spending has us in a bad place, man. And here you got China. China's expected to increase their military spending in 2022. Of course they are. What do you think? What do you think they're going to do? Uh, we've proven that we're weak. We're proven we're not going to do anything. Sanctions. Sanctions. And I, I want to say what's been said a million times already on the Internet, and that is if you're going to keep pouring out Russian vodka, which, again, only like 1.8 to 2% of vodka comes from Russia that we have here in America, and you're going to vandalize Russia House in Washington, D.C., which, by the way, historically one of my favorite places to hang out in Washington, D.C. is Russia House. They vandalized it because people are idiots. They won't let the Special Olympics uh, com competitors from Russia even compete. That's, that's how woke we are. Um, so uh, we're going to we, – they don't let CNN, Facebook, uh, YouPorn, or Coca-Cola into Russia right now. You give them six weeks and Russia is going to be the most free-thinking, well-adjusted, um, <laughs> healthiest country on the planet just because of those sanctions right there. Uh, and they'll save their money because now they can't internationally make charges to Visa or MasterCard. But China stepped in and said, you know what, just use our credit card system and do those transactions anyway. Yeah, I, I got more I'm going to say on that. We got to take a break. Um, hey, the headlines, they're getting worse every day. That's what I'm here to tell you. No solution in sight. Inflation's on the rise. World's unraveling. Uh, anybody's guess on what can happen next? What can you do to protect yourself and your family? Do what I do. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. Get prepared today. Get ahead of tomorrow's uncertainty. My Patriot Supply is the largest preparedness company in the country. They provide millions of Americans with the survival supplies they need to tackle crisis with confidence. They got months of emergency meals. They got water purification products. They'll have what you need to stay secure in shaky times. And right now it's shaky, folks. Stock up on the supply. Uh, all your supplies at mypatriotsupply.com. Don't let the panic set in. The grocery store shelves are going to be empty, but yours won't be. You get fast shipping, unmarked boxes. You get discreet delivery, so nobody knows that it's what's in the boxes. Go to mypatriotsupply.com. Prepare today. What is it? I want you to do it.
Everybody should be doing this. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Well, folks, there's this great moment um, in that well-lauded Mel Brooks prophetic documentary, Spaceballs, that I'd like you to consider on the front end of what I'm about to tell you. If you'll recall, at one point in the movie, President Scrooge runs around shouting, I don't know what to do. I can't make decisions. I'm the president. So it seems that Mr. Brooks, in writing this comedic masterpiece, was looking forward a few decades into what would become our current administration. Hmm. Not only do we have a drooling, senile old man sleeping up against the steering wheel of his great ship, but he's got himself a whole pack of lackeys who apparently do the same thing. Chris, play the clip. Is there anything we can do in the short term here, Secretary Walsh? Well, I, I think, I think if, if you're talking about inflation, I think what's happening here is, I mean, we're in the midst of a, a, a worldwide pandemic. Uh, certainly that's one. We had the midst of dealing with supply chain issues. Now, now we have a major conflict in, in the world uh, that, that, that we're, all eyes of the world are on the Ukrainian people in Ukraine. And I think that as we move forward here, and the question earlier, uh, as oil supply uh, as oil supply gets cut back from Russia, if that's what ultimately happens, uh, we're going to see increase in gas prices. And I think that there's a point here that we have to we have to just continue to move forward. The president has been very clear on on bringing down inflation. He talked about it at a State of the Union. Uh, and, but we're living in very interesting dynamic dynamic and times that are happening here. So again, there's lots of conversations and, and lots of actions that will, will be taken over the next weeks and months. Wow. Um, I want to present to you Labor Secretary Marty Walsh. I'm going to repeat his title, Labor Secretary. Last week, Mr. Walsh was asked about what short-term measures the Biden administration could take to fight the eight-headed monster that is inflation in this country. Now, I'll repeat, this is the Labor Secretary, one of the main guys who's supposed to have his finger trained on the pulse of the American economy and someone you'd think might have a few good ideas to throw out. Instead, we got nothing, not a crickets, folks, nothing. The consumer price index is currently sitting at an annual rate of 7.5% as of January, which, as we all know, is the highest rate in 40 years. And that's not even the scary part. The scary part, if you were wondering, is it's likely to only go up for the foreseeable future. If you've taken a gander at the gas pumps lately, you'll see the numbers you haven't seen in a long friggin' time, and that's just at the pump. People are out talking about toothpaste going up past 10 bucks by the summer. Toothpaste. Sure, fill in your hated state of choice. Folks will be fine, but what about the rest of us? So what did our illustrious labor secretary have to say when questioned about this? He just blamed it on COVID-19. He blamed it on the supply chain issues and the war in Ukraine. He gave no suggestions, none. He even skirted neatly around the notion that we should cut off Russian oil by suggesting that if we do, we'll see an increase in gas prices. Because as we all know, there's nowhere else we could possibly get oil and natural gas. I mean, hasn't that been what we're talking about? So this is what drives me crazy, folks. Folks, this green brain dipshits that are occupying the radical wing of the Democrat Party, they've so infested the zeitgeist of what we can't do a simple calculation on behalf of the world and our own country. What happens if we turn on the spigots at home and restart the production? Well, we've been talking about that, but maybe 
maybe we actually do that. And then we hit Russia with an embargo. Is there any difference whatsoever in the amount of oil and natural gas being produced? If so, you'd have to imagine it's minimal. I mean, the rape of the earth is still the rape of the earth, no matter where it's happening. Am I right, AOC? But the radicals don't want energy independence getting its foot in the door again, and they're fine with everyone else paying the highest price possible to keep their new status quo. In, in the here and now, in America, that means paying over four bucks a gallon for gas, not to mention all the gazillions of other products made with petroleum products and natural gas for heating, all of which are skyrocketing. And in Ukraine, it means more people are dying at the hands of a dictator. Emphasis on the dick part. So there, I just solved a shitload of the inflation problem for you in a few seconds. But did Labor Secretary Walsh say any of that? No, he just sidestepped it. Folks, as the meme says, sometimes... Uh, I just missed the way he said, China, China. We've got a do-nothing administration, and when they, when they do want to do something, it's reliably going to be the wrong thing. So don't give me this build back better stuff, all right? Joe Biden, all that's going to do is sink the ship further, and at some unknown volume of water, the ship founders, and we all drown. Folks, if we make it to November, we got to turn some of this crap around. Don't lose hope. But keep some cynicism in your fanny pack in case you get hungry. I love y'all. God bless you. We're in trouble. Hey, I'll tell you what I got, though. My buddy, Jeff Goldblum, he was on the show a couple of weeks ago. Remember that? He wrote this incredible book, Exponential, and uh, talking about how to transform your brand by empowering instead of interrupting. There's some dudes out there, some gals out there, guys and gals, that just they're just good people. And, and like, no matter how successful they get, they just stay good people. And Jeff Goldblum is one of those dudes. And he sent us a thing. He sent us a box. We didn't know if it was ticking or not. But uh, he put a note in there. He said, hey, Chad, I noticed you keep some bourbon on your table when you had me on your show. I thought I'd share a bottle of what you'll probably refer to as Yankee bourbon. Uh, it's, made, uh, it's made near my home. And although it's not from Tennessee, it's damn fine whiskey. Thank you for having me on your show. You're a good man. You create fantastic content, Jeff Rosenblum. What a good dude. Uh, and he sent us a bottle of Hill Rock 1806 Estate Distillery, baby. Double cask rye whiskey, Hudson Valley, New York. And if he thinks, if he thinks that right there is going to stay in place, we're going to break this open. Right now. <laughs> right there, right now, dude. Look, I, we don't mess around with some... Ooh, okay. I can smell... It's rye whiskey, which, you know, rye versus a wheat whiskey. Rye is a little bit... It's a little bit spicier, so let's give it a shot. Here, we'll call this our booster shot for a Tuesday. Mm. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, you know, when you, when you, when you take a sip of whiskey... I've got time to talk. Yeah, i got time to talk. If, we take, if you take a sip of whiskey, you want to put it on your tongue. You want to roll it around. Chew it a little bit, okay? Just, just let, the, let it get on all the parts of your tongue and your palate, okay? And just a little bit. And then what you do when you want to taste it is once it's on there, just breathe across it. Take a little inhale right there, and you'll get the true flavor of that. That's solid, Jeff. Thank you for that, buddy. Go out and get his book. It's still so relevant no matter – if you're in business – and you believe in marketing, and trust me, everything right now is marketing. Get this book, Exponential, uh, and I appreciate Jeff so much. And uh, thank you for the whiskey, buddy. And the weight of my heart, man, 
I have to drink the I have to drink the whiskey in small amounts these days. Somebody said I liked Chad back before all of the cursing and the drinking. <laughs> Y'all drove me to it. You drove me to it. You made me crazy. Uh, hey, listen, at least I'm happy. Okay, give me that. At least I'm friggin' happy. Y'all hang tight, and I'll be right back. Mm. Oh, look at that. You caught me. You caught me back in the, in the Satan's cup right there. Hill Rock whiskey. Uh, that stuff is nuclear, baby. Which, by the way, I would like to point out that me and uh, Mark, our lips are still dry. I know it is. Y'all okay. don't drink. <laughs> y'all don't, I don't let y'all drink. <laughs> I'm your conscience. That's right. I'm just here for you guys. Mark Mark's parents are in Virginia somewhere. They don't they don't know. They they like to keep their baby boy nice and clean, dry on the wagon, folks. Candice, the queen of the Ethiopian, she don't want Mark coming home all sauced. <laughs> I love it. And Chris has got 19 kids to take care of when he gets home. Not me, man. Bachelor living, baby bachelor living i'm taking it solo kids god i'm lonely <laughs> it's no wonder i drink oh let me fill you guys in on this so a little uh, side note um we're uncovering and, and like i wasn't gonna go into this but you i feel like you need to know this in the state of texas we're uncovering so much election fraud so we're deep into a lot of cases. We're, we're, we're exploring different counties. We, there's a, it's a concerted effort that's out there. Like the elected, like the, the people in power, they're not even hiding it anymore. They're, they're just using the system. I had one person, and I'm not going to say who they are. Eventually that will all come out, okay? These are cases that are going on. I can't reveal everything. They said they saw 12,000 votes in Harris County flip from me to Greg Abbott. 12,000 votes that were for me flipped to Greg Abbott. This is the kind of stuff. We, we've got numbers coming. My friend, Bianca Gracia, Bianca was running for her house seat. If you look at the early voting numbers and then you look at the total numbers after Election Day, her early voting numbers, which had her in the lead in her district, had her in the lead. On Election Day, once they were all tallied, her numbers didn't change a single bit. They actually went down. That's, that's mathematically impossible. And the incumbent who she was running against to unseat, he won 58% of the vote. So she went in early voting from winning to her number counts coming down. There's some nefarious stuff. And it's like, I'm not, I'm not sitting here doing this thing because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see if I won. No, no, no. I came in exactly where I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to get 6 7% of the vote. That's what I thought was going to happen. And, and there, was, there was a reason I believe that. I re there's a reason why I believe that that was a successful run for me. We talked about that in, last week. But uh, we still have to expose this garbage for what it is. We do. So anyway, um, get my mind off of it. Give me a TikTok. Please. I have a really proud moment that I want to share. So I'm a long distance parent and I get to typically talk to my kiddo through FaceTime. And we've been working on my pronouns oh. for probably about a year now. 
everyone that she's with on a regular basis doesn't use my pronouns correctly. Okay. Um, and so that's a really, really hard sort of like line to walk for her um, because she's not with me all the time. Um, but we do talk about it. We talk about pronouns. We talk about, um, you know, what her pronouns are, what daddy's pronouns are, what mommy's pronouns are, what other people's pronouns are. And we just like really work through it. I always just gently remind her and say, hey, baby, what are mommy's pronouns? <coughs> wow. She's so funny because she's always like, ah, they, them. <laughs> like she knows. This really sweet thing happened where she was going to tell her dad something and used my pronouns correctly without me needing to remind her. Like, did it all by herself. And I just, oh, my heart was so full. It felt like my child, like, actually saw me for just that moment. Simple as that. Effort is all we're asking for. Now, I want to tell you something she just said. She said, my child saw me, not us. Now, she's making her child walk on eggshells to get her identity right. She's a long-distance parent. So I'm not going to read too much into that situation. But you're already not involved in your child's life. And through FaceTime, you're requiring your child to walk on eggshells to make sure that they properly identify your multiple personality schizophrenia. And you just mispronounce yourself in a TikTok video by saying, made me feel so good. Not us. You didn't say us. You're a they, them. So you just with a logical fallacy and philosophical error, did something that you would probably castigate your own child from a distance for doing because you didn't even get your own damn pronouns right. Listen to what people say, folks. When they start talking, they will reveal the lunacy of their own mind and heart. They will show you that even they don't believe these perceived ideas about identity. They, they, they're, they're holding the world hostage with their feelings and their emotions. Go back and watch yesterday's episode. This is the tyranny of the oppressed. This is when people that are weak and weak-minded start trying to hold it over you because they've never at any point in time been able to succeed or win rather than take an opportunity and risk their lives to accomplish something of great and lasting value. No, they've got to make sure you are held hostage to their victimhood. And they're doing it to their kids. That's nothing short of abuse, folks. So it's time we start calling this what it is. Let's call it what it is. This is crazy. The, the asylums are empty. I want you to go get my book, Am I Crazy? I'll expose it. I'll expose it. All you got to do is get that book, read the first and last chapter. You do that, put that together in your life. It don't matter about all the pablum and the fun stuff in the middle. Just read the first and last chapter. It'll make a lot of sense, folks, and it'll help you navigate these crazy times because we are definitely freaking living in them. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Overtime, the Chad Prather Show, Overtime is coming here very, very soon. I want you to be ready to go. I don't want you to miss a single minute of it. Going to get down dirty. We're going to take, we're going to, we're going to take, 
Woo, anything, the leash is off, baby. And you can get it at chadnude.com or just sign up blazetv.com slash chad. But use promo code MORECHAD and get your discount, okay? Help us make a living so we can continue eating by going shopping at chadonblaze.com. I know, I know, it's crazy out there. But you know what? Some of you folks still got some money to spend and we want it. <laughs> Look, I love y'all. God bless you. Tomorrow's hump day. That means we're going to get humpty hump up in here at Studio 22. Love y'all. God bless you. Talk to you then. Bye.